This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey. Call the cops. This level of foolishness. Hey. Enjoy. Losers, in other words. Hey. Now watch the drive. Great ass! Hey. Damn it! I don't love that. Hey. Shisha! Sicario! Bruce hey. fucking Springsteen! Damn it! Hey. Yeah, people hey. are gonna die. I want yeah, to baby! <laughs> There's... I have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just take control of this. This is exactly what's on the card. I will take responsibility for this. It was That's my like a mistake. Set. It was on the card. In Jesus' Horrible name. Horrible mistake, but the right thing, I can show it to you right here. The first runner-up is Columbia. It is my mistake. The Still crowd had, like, night. no idea what to do with this information. People are all <laughs> over the place. You know, they're like, whoa. Ah, uh, yeah! <laughs> it's very spotlight, or not spotlight, Moonlight La La Land. Very mm-hmm. Moonlight La La Land. Mm-hmm. That was Mr. Steve Harvey. We won't forget, Steve. We'll never forget. You think you can live this one down? But it's the funniest person imaginable that it could happen to. <laughs> like if that happened to Ryan Seacrest, you'd be like, oh, that sucks. But the idea that Steve Harvey would be like, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the lack of polish and also... You, you're like, is Steve Harvey being silly right now? Is he making a joke? Oh, because uh, people signature are charm. tittering in the, in the yeah, audience. People are laughing. I should say tittering more often. <laughs> uh, people are tee-hee-hee. Note to self. But no, no tee-hee-hee because he did say the wrong winner for the, I think it's the 2015 Miss America. Uh, or Miss, U- not Miss America, Miss World, Miss Universe, whatever it is. Yeah. Columbia for Miss America. Stupid, stupid, stupid Kevin. Welcome yeah. to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. We're here to have good Christian fun. <laughs> we have a new character to try out on you. Okay. Was workshopping this the other day. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Before you start. Mm-hmm. I would hate for you to squander this mm-hmm. OnlyFans content. No, no, on no, an no. unpaid channel. They're going to get a different character. Okay. Oh. No, don't worry. Okay. Oh, they're going to get a different character. I don't want to kill this press no more. Steve Harvey Oswald? That's right. <laughs> Steve Harvey Oswald. And that's the, that, that is the sort of... I don't want to kill this press the, no the creative work, the sort of insight, the sort of... He got his essence, even though he's not doing a technically most accurate impression. That's going to that's gonna put me in the leagues with all of our friends, with James Austin Johnson. Huge. With Ago. Yeah. With other people. 
in that cast. That's what's going to get me side by side <laughs> with them. You know, SNL casting agents are always listening in on this show. Well, I talk to them all the time because we're in the same field. Oh, and you're and by field, you mean uh, Central Park out I, in New York okay. City? Okay, no, I'm always saying like, can we get Mari? Like, Mario's got a new game coming out this week. <laughs> We'd love to do like, even if it's just like a cameo or a pre-tape with him, if you don't want him hosting the full show. I didn't realize that you had transitioned from casting to PR as well. Yeah, well, what is PR if not casting persevering? <laughs> casting in all different corners of life. <laughs> Casting vision. Caroline, life is casting. Life is casting. When you're dating, you're casting the role of my partner. <laughs> when you're having a baby, you're casting the role of my child. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes hey, you can't take that one back to central casting, nor it, should you. Every time I go to the grocery store, I am filling my roster with yeah. all-star A-list winners. You're building an ensemble in your <laughs> fridge. You know, and there's going to be a little title sequence at the end. Yeah. The vegetables, the produce. Special thanks to... Eggs. Ziploc. <laughs> no, but no, I'm I'm just being a little bit cheeky. I'm not actually working... silly. No, I'm not actually working in casting anymore. Uh, but I'm still working in podcasting. I am working in casting. Another podcasting. kind of casting. And isn't That's that right. interesting? Episode 288. Here we are. Of our podcast. And isn't that interesting? Keep coming back for stuff like this. That's right. Well, you know, peaks and valleys. I should look at like when our finest episodes were. And I am talking about at the turn of the pandemic. You think there was a golden era in for 2020? Us? There was a golden era where everyone got real comfy with, oh, no. Sorry, you go. No, you go first. I'm scrolling past past people we couldn't ever have on the show again due to their public improprieties and disgraces. But yes, so we hit the pandemic. Uh, Our first pandemic episode was March 25th, 2020. That was 125. That was episode 125 of the show. So from that to, you know, when is our first in-person with a guest episode after that, it's not that one. It's not that one. Woo. 184. So wow. from 125 to 184, mm-hmm. that's the good stuff. That's what we called the sweet spot. That's what you want. That's what you want to hear. That's what you want to get into. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to listen to. Well, yeah. When someone says, where should I start with GCF? Say, actually, go go to like June 2020. Kevin and Caroline are at the top of their game. They're feeling good. They're thinking good. They're, They're speaking good. good. That's right. Yeah, June 2020. Uh, I still believe with Matt Apodaca. That was a fun episode. That was fun. We still had fun, honestly. We still, we actually, honestly, and and like for real. Truly. Honestly, we still had fun. We did. Yeah. It was a highlight. Uh, I feel like it what, kept me together. What, weeks. the pandemic? Yeah. Or during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. I guess so, because there was like a lit, there was just... Just a crumb of purpose of like, well, you do a crumb have to of purpose. get the thing on. and Yeah. My job was dumb and they were like trying to get me back in office all the time. Those pathetic little pictures that you took of me like waving at you from your balcony. <laughs> I'm like, hello. Excited to record with you. And then we did our park records. Those were fun. The park records were fun. Let's bring those back. Actually, man, do I miss the pandemic? Wait a second. We used to do the thing too where, I don't know why, and we figured it the fuck out with uploading and stuff. We would do the memory card thing 
Bring it over. Go back. Go for it. Oh, there yeah. was one night where we missed me, each like, other. Five hours to s- upload. Oh, yeah. We missed each other. That's right. Oh, my God. That one didn't feel good. That was crazy. But gracious. A lot of gold. A lot of gold in those hills. A lot of love. For that time in our lives, a lot of affection. Good a lot of grief. grandstanding, a lot of soapboxing. Oh, yeah. That's when I had my best takes. <laughs> yeah. Because since then, like, I decided to, you know, that phrase, detach with love. Have mm. you heard that? When it's like, I, when like a relationship or friendship dissolves sure. or you're trying to make it work, there's a way to detach with love where it's mm-hmm. like, you're going to be a part. breakup. But you can do it in a way that's respectful without bitterness, etc. Mm-hmm. I detach with love from caring about most things <laughs> or having an opinion about a lot of them. I tripled down on the uh-huh. things that I did. Yeah. But for the most part, I was like, laissez-faire, c'est la vie, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You kind of pick your you pick your horses that you're going to work on, you're going to ride. And then you're you're gonna say, And Amy Grant told us that in her interview with us. She was like, you know, it's like Cheryl Crow said to me, <laughs> you gotta pick your horses that you ride on. You know, Barack Obama one time we were having dinner and he said, Just do what you love. And that's why I'm still here. You know, I was hanging out with Taylor Swift, fifty cent, <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. Fifty cent. <laughs> Lena Dunham. Hey, Lena Dunham. <laughs> And Herman Cain. <laughs> and we're going, we're going round robin, just talking about our highs and lows. And one of them said, you know, enjoy every minute. And I've kept that with me ever since. <laughs> she's so, she's so true. You know, one time, <laughs> God, I love the guy. I know I shouldn't, but I love him. And we've had a lot of great walks together. Dick Cheney said to me, the heart is what matters. And from him, that meant a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If Dick Cheney (laughs) looked at me and said, the heart is what matters, I would take that to the grave with me. I would listen. I would absolutely (laughs) listen up. Oh, goodness. And we're listening to some music this week. We're doing singles ministry. We're talking about a little more, a little more by Jennifer Knapp. The disgraced Jennifer Knapp. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Only disgraced by some. <laughs> uh, she's one of us now. We could probably Exiled have her on the show. Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Knapp, her, her single from her second album from back in the day. But before that, we're going to check in with each other's hearts. Um, how much do you feel Christianity or the ideas of religion actually had to do in Mission Impossible 7? A movie in, at one point, Ethan says, I'm going to kill your God. Whoa. Okay, so you're asking me in the story content of the movie or the behind-the-scenes production leadership level, how much Christianity figured in? Oh, you're saying, like, are, are, is Macquarie and Cruz and Ferguson, like, doing a prayer circle in <laughs> Well, Rome obviously not Cruz, yeah. but, you know, Macquarie might be on manifest. How you guys go ahead? Yeah. I gotta do That's some. Uh, I'm gonna go levitate over here. <laughs> I'm gonna go in a box, and none of you are gonna know what I'm doing in there. <laughs> I'm gonna go in my sweat box. Yeah, it's what it sounds like. Was there a Christian leadership? I'm, Ving <laughs> Rhames is a Christian. Ving Rhames made a faith-based film. Oh yeah, back in like 2008 or 2009. Yeah, so there's something there. Church, we have the. Help me out here. <laughs> With Ving? We, yeah, yeah. Instead of we have the meats, 
We have the... Who will call him Ving of Vings? Okay, that was better. <laughs> okay. I was hoping you'd do it in his, his voice. Ethan, <laughs> you have to get in line and take the little bread and dip it in the cup. It's called communion, Ethan. A <laughs> little bit Adam Driver, but I'm, I liked I'm it. I'm doing Adam Driver? But I liked it. Ethan, that's Adam Driver, mm-hmm. right? Mm. The key in the movie is a crucifix. Or is a Scientology symbol. Well, this is sort of the the MacGuffin with no spoilers for the movie. The MacGuffin is a sort of religious looking thing. It's a key. Okay, Caroline's got to look at her face. I've got my thinking fingers. I'm going to the galaxy of my brain. (laughs) But I'm thinking right now. Uh huh. What does the movie start with? Submarine. Who loved? Maritime activities. Oh, I thought you were going to say who loves subs and it was going to be Jared from Subway. <laughs> we'll get to him. <laughs> we will get to him because he is, he is my current lock screen. <laughs> is that to help you not look at your phone more? Are you trying to limit screen time? No, it's just to never so forget. you associate. <laughs> never forget two things. Yeah, two, two things I never want to forget. But anyway, yes, it starts with, okay, Maritime. C. Was oh. not the Sea Org central mm. and it remains central to the Church of Scientology. Yeah, and there is a little bit of we could actually do this where it's like let's do this. There's a little bit of dialogue about you know the the sort of to to put in a religious space the sort of language we take for granted in every single of the movies and and in the TV shows. Your mission should you choose to accept it. Everyone knows that. And right. This message will self destruct. So the thing they seize on in this one is your mission, if you choose to accept it. They make it a choice, and the backstory is everyone had a choice to be a part of this or not. Right. And there is sort of opt-in language that's not mm. not adjacent to Scientology stuff, belonging to groups like that, things of that nature. As well, and say. commitment things. Yes, of course. But the thing too, and I don't think they even realized they did this, is for all of them. Yes, they had a choice, but they kind of didn't have a choice also. Mm-hmm. The choice was either join IMF or be on the lamb the rest of your life and probably be incarcerated very soon. Are you defining Calvinism as a concept? <laughs> well, have you heard of it? Yeah, I have. <laughs> the idea of like, it's your choice, but you don't really have a choice. Right. You're and like, what are you going to choose? Vessel of that. Mm-hmm. Vessel of these, vessel of those. I could see that, certainly. Um... Well, and also, actually, the IMF is probably perfectly aligned with Tom Cruise's ideals as well because a huge part of the Church of Scientology is um, SPs in your life. Suppressive persons. And when you choose to ascend the levels of Scientology, quite often you have to cut out family members of your from your life who are not believers or who question you. Yeah, and I guess every movie has started to... <laughs> Start with him being haunted in a bunker with no humans around him. No one. No connections, family, or love to speak of. Uh huh. Didn't he at one point actually like try to audition Haley Atwell for his new girlfriend, his real life girlfriend? For his real life girlfriend, quote unquote, real. Life there was girlfriend. like a little item about it during the when they were filming it for three years, you know, three years ago, or whenever yeah. it was. They were like they're dating, or maybe they're not. Like it was a little muddled. Yeah, it was one of those things where I I just didn't want to look into it. So I well, didn't. and you weren't hearing anything on the the casting agent underground grapevine or anything like that. We have a code. 
right. the code is all business. If it intersects with a part of my business, if they're like, we want Haley for Princess Peach's sister Daisy in the next one, right? That would be a conversation. Then we like, would come to the table because then it's like, well, she needs permission from you know her now boyfriend to do that in case it okay. like yeah. vilifies the church in some way. Or if Bowser's like. Elron Bowser in the new one. And they have the- to fight the sea porg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, so no, it's, it's all. Otherwise, no. it's kind of a very like mind your own business. That's absolutely mentality right. in, absolutely in right. your field. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have honor. Mm. We take vows and oaths when you become a part of the the siblinghood of the casting people, the siblinghood of the casting people. We don't travel. We all work from oh, okay. home. Got it. Yeah. The work from home siblinghood of the casting people. Nothing stronger than those bonds. That's right. Well, keep me posted. I if will. Haley ever does get cast. Any other religious stuff that we could like kind of pick out from the movie? Hmm. Truth. You know, where is the truth? Mm-hmm. The truth is coming from the source code, the original artifact. Sacrificial love. At one point, Mr. Hunt does say. I can't promise I'll always successfully protect you, but I can promise you that your life will always be more important to me than my own. Um, wow. And am I going to put that in my wedding vows? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I was having yeah. a long conversation today about wedding vows. Yeah, what, what are you deciding about your wedding vows? What am I deciding? Yeah. Well, I don't want to decide anything because if I do now, then whoever it would be, it'll mm. just feel plug and play in a way that wouldn't feel good. Right. You want it to be special like, to the day. Blah, 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 blah. Sheila. Blah, 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 blah. Her name will be Sheila. But, <laughs> yeah, the one thing that's for sure is Sheila. Yeah, that's the thing that's not plug and play. <laughs> no, I have to marry a woman named that's Sheila. I already wrote stone. it down. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who went to a wedding recently who said, because I was just like, how's the wedding? How's your weekend? And she said, it was mediocre. The vows were mid. Were mid? It was, I can't believe I get to marry my best friend, Cor. Okay. It was that sort of thing. All right. Greeting card, ass, yeah. vows. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I always promise to like, say sorry, even if I, you know, like that sort of shit. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I go back and forth on that because, yes, maybe it's a bit cliche, but also... What am I going to do with an overly verbose, contrived, overwritten vows also, you know? Like, I've had vows that were a little too unique. Tell me about those. Where I'm kind of like... And this isn't for your own marriages? This is for weddings you attended? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of like some stock vows. Well, I would rather no vows or good vows, not stock vows. You wouldn't do stock to have and to hold? In this day forward? No. Oh, if that's what you mean by yeah, stock yeah, vows. Yeah. I mean, either don't write your own vows or write good vows. Or write good vows. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, to having to, to suck and to fuck, to right. slap and to fap. Like Jerk what, and to j- jank. <laughs> wait a minute. I got to write this shit down. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, thank God we're recording this. To spank and to yank. Hi, Kevin. Take the... <laughs> take, take the... The Christine Baranski <laughs> to spank and to thank, thank to jerk and to squirt to have and to hold. Mm. Um, but you're saying you would rather some 
you're the moon, you're the stars. Yeah. You're my little candy bars. You're my little candy bars. Whatever. You're a candy bars named Mars. They, they're not for me, you know? Like, I know that the, but you're there. it's set up as an audience performance kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. That is the aesthetic of the layout. But the vows aren't for me. They're not for the audience. No, no. They're for the couple. But but you could make that, I think that argument, if you zoom out to it, it's like the wedding's not for you, so why are you there? Do you know what I mean? So it's like... You're there for cake, dancing, and to maybe get a half a second with the couple where you're like, congratulations, there's like, thank you for being here, and then you move on, you know? But then like, why wear a nice dress? Why wear, like, I'm saying like the performative nature of it. it's all performance, so you need to... Give them a production. I'm saying it's ceremony and ritual, (laughs) so why not put a little jazz on top? (laughs) But it's ceremony and ritual, ritual. So yeah, so like if the ritual is being performed, what does it matter? You know, and I feel like the vows too are the vows they make literally to each other. Like I understand, you know, the dinner and the flowers and the look of the thing that is for the guests. Yes, Mm -hmm. the vows are almost the one thing in the wedding that is just between those two. That's interesting because it is them face-to-face doing the thing to each other. And if that's like the things they want to say to each other, it's probably similar to the things they say to each other when they're doing pillow talk, when they're writing texts, (laughs) you know? So like, and that stuff is just mostly cringe. Like that's for no one's ears. You're the Mickey to my Minnie. Unfortunately. The the force to my Jenny. The gym to my pan is like The gym to my pan. <laughs> I guess you don't want to be the force of someone's Jenny because that doesn't actually go well. Right. Yeah. Don't say you're going to be the force of someone's Jenny. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, yeah, they can be mid. They're not here to entertain. I mean, me. they can be, but I'm not going to say, stop the wedding. These are too <laughs> mid. It should be illegal for you to have mid vows. Well, it's just, you know. Listen, I would love for everything at a wedding to be a 10 out of 10. Right. But you are saying you don't like overly written vows. So, because then it feels like that is for me, and I'm like, don't do this. But it's all for you. It's for you guys. But it's not. I. I. I <laughs> so when you go to a wedding, you're like, uh, <laughs> a day for Kevin. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Finally, someone does it for this guy. <laughs> Someone's looking out for old Porter. But that's why I was invited. Is they wanted to share their love. <laughs> like there was a there. There's a sort of cheat out aspect to it. Ah, the day they came and they said, come share my love, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is the greatest day of my life. (laughs) Finally, my big day. I know what you're saying. You're not not wrong. I I fully... The party is for the guests. Uh Uh-huh. Everything else or just those moments, you know, like, sure, the guests get a piece of it, but it's not really for them. Then why do it at all? (laughs) (laughs) Why do it at all? Why do it at all? Yeah. I guess I'm saying, like, I'm not trying to get into, why do anything? Does nothing mean anything? I think I'm saying <laughs> there is inherent artifice to the setup. And, like, for you guys, like, you got, you and your husband uh-huh. were married before the set, you know, yeah. the license and everything. Yeah. So, already, it's a little, like, yeah. theatrical sure, in nature. Sure, sure, sure. So... But when you're writing your vows, you're not thinking, ooh, I really hope Kevin gets a laugh out of this one. <laughs> well, you should be. And maybe <laughs> maybe your wedding. All right. I can't help you. This be a is little your, bit better. your perspective. I'm not saying you should be like those couples who are trying to get on your FYP page, that are trying to get into your TikTok. 
and like they they want to be like little yeah like love influencers if you want to write or whatever. A really great declaration of love and it's so good you want everyone to hear it like go for it you know yeah but i feel protective of the mid vows couple i don't feel protective of them you think they should have tomatoes thrown at them? I, I think just like... <laughs> this show sucks. <laughs> Letterbox Two stars. <laughs> I did go to a wedding where they talked about how much they love seeing Marvel movies with each other. <laughs> but um, no, I wouldn't... I mean, I have thought about how fun it would be to have like a wedding rating service. Oh, where, yeah. Where it's like you can like... Or, or put it on like the not.com slash whatever the names are. And then reviews... <laughs> Yeah, on everyone's wedding website, there should be a review section they send out after. And if there were, then the wedding planner could learn from that learn. for the next couple. I feel like that's at least like maybe 40 to 50% of the fun for me of going to a wedding is getting to judge. That's what I'm saying. Right? So that's why I'm like, I appreciate your protectiveness, <laughs> but I don't know why we're not more aligned here. <laughs> Listen, I'm personally judging the mid-vows for sure. Yeah. I'm rewriting them. Yeah. But I don't think they owe it to me, you know? Well, I'm not saying they owe it to me. You kind of are. I'm just saying it would be nice. (laughs) I'm just saying have the wherewithal to understand that. Have some showmanship. Well, you're just wasting time if you're not doing to suck and to fuck, to nut and to slut. Like, just do that. Just do that. I didn't think of it that way. I I think you're right. I changed my mind. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If great. you're not saying either to have and to hold or to suck or to fuck, mm-hmm. go home. Yeah. Yeah. It's either that, that, but nothing that's literally, literally mid. All right. Any couples out there, take note. As a part of this conversation I was having earlier today, I was like, wait, there was this one wedding where it like made me cry so much and it was just so delicately written. I was like, hmm, I want to know what they said. I did a, a semi-psychotic thing and I said, Hey, reached out to a friend of mine. I was like, the friend of You asked them for their vows? Mm-hmm. Aw. And she sent them, and I was right. They were good. Bangers, top to bottom. We can't all be writers. All, and, and she is a writer, so she that's a, writer. a part of it. Yeah. But uh, I, I was, you know, maybe maybe people should, hmm, how do I get this? Hire writers is what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Well, people do. People do hire writers. Kevin is saying, cross the picket line. <laughs> Book a writer. No, it's not wedding a WGA. Because it's Kevin's day. And if no. he's going to show up in here, you're the, you're my favorite cheese it or whatever. He's going to uh, throw up and walk well, out. No, no, no. Hey, hold up, hold up. I'm interested in you're my favorite cheese it. <laughs> like, not like the shitty cheese its They all look and taste the same. That's I promise a, I will always share my cheese its Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like that. Something like that. So, like, but that's for them. I know sometimes <laughs> we get a little mad and you love. Taylor Swift or so, you know, uh-huh. it's just like, just like little indicators of we, we, I'm trying <laughs> to think of even what the commonalities are in the ones that I've seen. Cause most people do greatest hits. I'm being too harsh and too discriminating about it. No, that's what I love about you. But uh, it's my, my discriminating tendencies yeah. towards the mid <laughs> uh-huh. magic kingdom wedding streaming on Disney plus now, unless they took it down, which they might've cause Twitch hosted it, which is sad. Oh, yeah. no. He was hosting it with his wife. Oh. But uh, that aside, there are some phenomenal weddings out there. there. There is a woman who says life without you would be like Mickey without Minnie. Oh, wow. To which, if you think about it for five seconds, it's like, yeah. So it would be totally fine. 
mostly Mickey Solo a lot of the time. It's mostly right? just Mickey. <laughs> it's mo- it's not like Abbott and Costello or Laurel and Hardy. You should have said Chip and Dale. Yes. That's a pair that's always together. That's the better one. Yeah. That would have been like Goofy without Max. It's like, he's mostly without Max. Right. That's such a good point. So, anyway. Kevin uh, is here if you guys need your vows punched up. I'll do a punch up. He'll do it. DM me. I'll punch your vows up. He'll run them through chat GBT. No, I would not do that. I would do, if if you want to punch up though, <laughs> like, you don't even have to write them yet. I'll do a I'll do a 20-minute Zoom call with the couple. Wow. Get to know you guys. And then I'll consult with each of them individually. And then say, what do you want to highlight about the other person? Mm-hmm. And and we can we can do it that way. Whoa. And I'll make That's sh- an OnlyFans right there. That is an OnlyFans. Twenty dollars. Only vows. <laughs> All right, now we're talking. <laughs> One to, and only fans. To to juice the subscribers. Here we go. The subscription base. Your your heart okay before we get back. We're midsummer. Speaking of mid, we're mid year. It's Omar. Yeah. Yeah, July is kicking my butt. Yeah. I'm booked and busy more than I like to be. I feel the same way. I feel like I need a break. Yeah. But there's too many fun things. To when do you get one? When do you get like next week? Three nights in a row without yeah. nothing. Next without week, none. probably. Okay. Without none. Yeah. I go, no nights without none. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Are you feeling a little too booked? Yeah. Well, you know, I am trying to listen to my body for all the wondrous things it's telling me. Each and every day. <laughs> I'm like, not right now. <laughs> Daddy's working. Uh-huh. And I am the father to my body. That's, That's how I right. think about it. Father, son. Because of the summer, I did, I haven't done this since college, but I thought to myself, you know what? I should try it. And I tried to go for a run at like 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Are you insane? When it was 92 degrees outside. Because I was already I was already dressed for it, and I had sunglasses. Oh, I'll just wear sunglasses and a hat. I was hoping I get to meet some firefighters today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did that, and uh. didn't do the usual circuit or whatever. Did significant less, and and I got back, and I was like, uh oh, I was dehydrated the rest of the day. Oh my god! I had a headache the rest of the day. Oh no. I was supposed to go to a birthday party that I could not go to because I was like, I can't, it's not going to work. And I, I, I did have a personal training session earlier that week mm-hmm. and I was learning all these new things. I was still two or three days out from that sore as hell and could barely move. Dang. So then I ran and then the dehydration combined with it. But you know, 2023, we just got to keep moving. Keep go- moving. Keep going. <laughs> Your lesson for that was like, should have kept going anyway. <laughs> so you're listening to With your body, wisdom. taking a break. Yeah. Taking a moment when it's hurting. Not trying to overexert, but it just feels good like, you know, like a snowball down the hill mm-hmm. to keep the momentum going in all these ways in our life. And we do this all the time, don't we? There's momentum. There's drive. There's things that we need to get accomplished and get done. Are you doing Lord of the Rings? You're doing the Fellowship theme? So it came to mind. I hurt my leg, you know, and it was hard to stop like doing normal things for a while. But I really had to because it was getting worse if I like tried to go on a long walk or something. 
And, you know, it's summertime. I'm trying to stay active. I'm just trying to look trim, mm-hmm. you know? But I really had to take like a month off from any like major exertion. Physical exertion. Yeah. And that feels like... It's hard to stop. It's a little sneak peek. It's a little preview. little preview. I know. I'm getting a, little, a lot of teasers. Of what's to come, yeah. <laughs> what's going down the pipeline. Well, on it. It's like when they release like a 10 or 15 second clip from a movie. It's like, woo. They're just kind of showing me the whole thing before I even see it. Like, oh, this is going to feel bad. I'm going to feel sad about this in 30 years. Like, no spoilers. That's fine. Yeah, like, I don't need to see. I'd, I'd rather go in cold. I want to see it at the theater. You to know? old age, to elderliness <laughs> in my 60s and 70s. I know. And yet, so we're getting there. Yeah. So there's a fragility in our bodies. Yeah, we're, feeling, the, or we're feeling our age. We're, yeah, and things that we need to pick. And I'm feeling my age when I age one year for every mile that I run now. <laughs> Thanks to you, I blame you somehow. I'm not feeling it. You're it's seeing it. <laughs> Wait, can I say something real? And then by the time this comes out, this won't be the case anymore. I do have an issue with my body right now. Oh, no. Can you notice what it is? Can I notice what it is? Mm-hmm. Do you notice anything about me currently? That might be a little off. Mm. I want a real answer, which is like, this is such a trap. <laughs> did hey. you slip with your razor again on I your sure beard? Did. I sure did. <laughs> you got it dead on the money. You know what's funny is like, I think I saw it, but I didn't register it until now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I was really looking at you and I was like, yeah, that's not matching the other side. Nope. Look at this. What happened? Look at this. Kevin, that's a big one. That's two big chunks. Wait, what do you mean two? There's two. There's one here no, and there's one, one here. One of them's just the way it is. And then one of them is one oh, that it I is? did. Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay. Let me <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I'll think there's always a big chunk missing from my beard. Oh, here, right? Oh, no. Oh, Caroline, no. That's just my hair lot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we all slip. <laughs> right at the widow's peak. Right um, there. Damn. I was getting ready for a brunch. I got a little too excited, and I didn't check that the clipper was on. Before oh, I went, no. And I'm glad I didn't go like... Vroom. All the way. Yeah. Yeah. I would have taken you back to old Kevin. Nope. I know. Buried in a ditch. I don't think I can go back to old Kevin at Baby-faced Kevin? I don't think so. Do you miss it? Like, do you wish you could shave your beard? Or you Sometimes. Like it? Uh, why? Uh, <laughs> uh, why? Is it like itchy or something? Not even that, but sometimes I I look at uh, fresh faced men in my life, and I think they're so handsome, and and it feels so uh, you know nice. Uh, the the cleanness is is nice, and sometimes mm-hmm. I do see people with beards. I'm like, that's a little iffy. Mm. Do I look like that? Mm-hmm. And I, do, I so you're having a lot of comparison issues. And isn't that the thief of joy, folks? Is comparison. That. But yeah, so I'm starting to think that I'm like, oh, maybe that's safest. It's just like, yeah. Ah, whatever. And then and then go all the way out. What do you want, though? I just want people to not make fun of me. <laughs> I don't think anyone's making fun of you. Well, not right now. Right. Two years ago, the mm. queen of Christian pop said, I just thought you wanted to do that with your face. <laughs> you just went for it. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. a tribute to her. I think you, I should, you could shave it if you want, if it feels good. And uh, it seems like you can grow it really fast anyway, so if you change your mind. He hasn't come out to play in over three years. Clean face Kevy. Baby face Kev. Oh, baby face. And Keep an eye out for him. I think he's changed. Maybe. I think if you saw him, you'd be like... I don't think so. I look back on him. I'm like, he's like a little... Is he trustworthy? <laughs> is he a rat? Is he a little fink? You know? 
Is he out for his own, you mm. know? There's something shifty about him. Looking out for number one. Mm-hmm. Whereas current me, I'm about I hand community. him the keys to my car. Oh, yeah. He's like, can you keep an eye on this for a Because he looks like a valet. <laughs> hey, no disrespect to the valet. If I put on a vest, they would like, I would just get Lexus key rings <laughs> falling out of the sky. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It is something I'm legitimately a little bit touchy about. I wonder. Because there will come a time where it's like, okay, maybe I should just try. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, what if it grows back worse or different or bad? It or won't. Something? It'll grow back. No. It'll grow back the way it's always grown. Maybe. But then I just need to pick a, a month of time in which I don't see anybody. Mm. Like anybody. Like not even Why? Not even little D. We were might all be here like, before. Who's that? We're, we're all here now. We'll he's be only, here after. He's only known me as this. He wasn't here before. What if I shave and the love of my life says like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I all think of we your need... smell was in the beard. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. I think we need space. <laughs> I just figured out things right now. You, you can't know. blame this on Dexter. No, I'm not blaming You're it. You're shaving him. his beard all the time. Oh, I sure am. No, I'm trimming him. it. That's different. I would never shave. It was pretty beardy. It was beardy back in the day, wasn't it's, it's it? It's a significant difference. I know. He looks so much better now. And don't you love him? I do. With or without? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I love him less with, though. But there's no transitive property. No. But I'm, yeah, I got I got to figure this out. There's some sort of lesson in here about Samson. There's and something there. Yeah, I'm not gonna find out though. What? Will you give me money if I do it? If you shave your yeah. beard, will I give you money if yeah. you shave your beard? Yeah. You're saying like that question's weird. Like people don't <laughs> ask that question all the time. Well, it's not something I'm like dying for to happen. <laughs> Please, will you please do Kevin, come on. I'll give you $20, bro. (laughs) You just finished the job, man, that you started. I think you could shave it just to like. So you say no. Okay, so no money. I'll give you $20 if you shave your beard off. Okay, great. I will. I'd shake your hand, but I'm afraid he'd bark at me for lunging so quickly. Let's go very slow. We have a deal. His ear did perk up. He's but, like, and his mm-hmm. eyes look real big right now. Like, he always wants his cut. Keeping cool, <laughs> and bro. And he deals on the table. All right. But only if you want to. You don't have to. Don't do it because you're trying to be someone you're not. Yeah. Well, maybe all this facial hair is a little more than I can give. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Good Christian Fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. 
Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time for another edition of Singles Ministry. It's Singles Ministry. Maybe the guy singing the song accidentally shaved part of his beard off, too. It is kind of fun. It's always like, oh, is he going to come on stage this Uh, time? You uh, know, is he still uh, in the green room knocking one more cold one back? Knocking one more cold one back. It's Singles Ministry, the part of the show where we take one single song Talk about for the entirety of the rest of the half of the rest of the episode. (laughs) I did that one on purpose. It's just podcasting. So this is from Jennifer Knapp. Jennifer Knapp, who people may remember when we covered her many, many, many years ago. Do you remember when we did it or who we did it with? I'm sure you do. Yeah. It was with Simone McAlonan back in the beginning of 2020. Right before our golden period. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, right before our perfect streak. With our friend Simone, yep. And it was January 29, 2020. Little did we know. And we talked about a lot of her songs. We talked about her album, Lay It Down, from which this song comes. But we were thinking about, we were like, there's a little more juice in that. We got a little more to do with her. Do you want to hit the post with this? Because I could do it perfectly because I know the song okay. But I want you to try to do it. Well, happy Pride Month out there to all of you in the not church going to hell. Got one of your friends on the radio right now. Ready to give you a little number. Perfect. <laughs> one of your little friends. <laughs> the Christian radio DJ that's hateful but still playing her song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to play her songs all the time. <laughs> we're not going to be happy about it.
Keep hearing that Swedish chef. I can't smorgy birdie bird. <laughs> Lay it down. People who might remember Jennifer Knapp know her arc. You know, uh, in the center of a lot of CCM culture, a very uh, I almost said reviled, but I mean the opposite of that. Someone who a very celebrated singer songwriter type who even when they were doing the if you like you must also like like if you like matchbox 20 you'll like jars of clay they did do if you like melissa etheridge you'll probably like jennifer knapp Mm -hmm. because sonically musically vocally so much like her i also hear a little natalie merchant from Ten Thousand maniacs uh in her as well she broke away from the mainstream of ccm but then sort of has returned back in the recent years the last four or so years she is a christian she's so christian she is an out openly queer christian who still does uh who still performs even this song and a lot of this music from this uh from this time even though she obviously does not align with uh, you know the infrastructure that gave rise to her and gave rise to all of her music and her career back in the day. And it's not infrastructure that wants her at all, but she operates and exists kind of outside the fringes of it. She wrote a memoir back in 2014 that I read half of. And that's hey. pretty good and like pretty well drawn about like her origin story and then navigating CCM music industry stuff. I, I do recommend people check that out. What do you remember being like the takeaway from, or like the story she was trying to tell? From the half of the book. I think it was... (laughs) From the first half. (laughs) This is my story of like, I read half of a thing and I'm going to talk about her for 10 years now. It's kind of a touchstone for me. It was important to her, I think, to retain the Christianity. Like that part was important to like stand firm in and be like, no, I'm not going to be on the outside of this. Um, I'm looking at like little things I highlighted from back in the day. Uh, Things like, uh, you know... With God, I was learning that these experiences did not have to stay locked inside my head, eroding my spirit. I was learning new ways to survive. I was learning that I didn't have to be captive to the grievous acts of others. And just talking about like childhood trauma and things like that. I might not be able to change my stepmother or my circumstance, but I was becoming aware that being alive is sometimes a conscious choice no matter what I wanted. I wanted to be there living. So it's like very much about resilience in the face of all this stuff. And even continuing to practice Christianity in the face of everything else, is an act of 
<laughs> profound resilience when it's like ah, like every every other thing it would be easier to drop yeah. and to do some other version of it but um but now she's in good company with our friend Grace Simler Baldridge and and other similar people so cool mm-hmm. do you remember i should have pulled this before we came but do you remember i feel like she had made comments too about like how the CCM industry responded to her after she came out and how she was kind of like yeah, I knew they were going to do this, but I still believe, and like this is a huge part of me. It was something to that effect, right? Am I mm-hmm. making that up? Well, she kind of decided to leave it before they could do it. So I oh, think the, okay. the music industry, it it wasn't like, wait, you're gay? You're out. She's like, I'm quietly exiting. Because there was a nine-year gap in between her last C- CCM album right. and then her new indie stuff that's more aligned with her actual identity. So it wasn't like an acrimonious, like, no, you can't. It wasn't like Jars of Clay, mm. Dan Hasseltine on a flight being like, I think gay people shouldn't get the, you know, executed for living. And then them being like, oh, all right, well, you're out. you're out. No more music for you on the radio. Yeah. I think she's so inspiring for that too. And I think that like any reaction you have as a queer person to being ostracized by the church is totally valid and they all make sense to me. And I think that it is also really special and unique. Like it's, it makes absolute sense of like, this place has rejected me. I reject them. Like, why would I want to be a part of something that denies me my humanity? And my faith was bigger than this, you know, than this church I grew up in or whatever it may be. And I think it's also really interesting for the people that maybe in some ways go the other direction of like, no, I'm not going to let you take this from me. And in fact, I'm going to go deeper on this because like, this is my right. And I have put in the time and like, this is very real for me. And almost like the rejection can almost make you feel stronger in your own faith and like truer to you than like, no, I really want this now that you tried to take it from me. And I'm sure there's a lot more nuance than that, Mm -hmm. but I, I think that's cool for her as well. When there's like when there's a lack of structural incentive too, that mm-hmm. is like a, a a true testament to it. Yeah. For this song in particular, this is one that in my memory, I'm sure we talked about this a couple of years ago, a little bit, but this was playing on the radio all the time, all the time when I was a kid, in whatever, like yeah, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. You couldn't go two days listening to eighty nine point three FM KSBJ in Houston, Texas, without them playing. This version, or there was like a softer version of it without the electric guitars. Oh. That was like this, it was like a slightly different arrangement. The acoustic arrangement, kind of. Yeah, it was like little more, a little more parentheses pussy version. Uh, <laughs> pussy edition. Yeah. Kids bop. Yeah. A little more kids bop. One's for, you know, behind the prayer time and one's for when you're trying to get the tides up. That's right. And so... I remember being struck by the sound of it, but but the thing that's so striking now uh, is the lyric writing mm-hmm. and just how truly it's such a magic trick to write music that is probably not unaligned with obviously the commercial and theological interests of the people around you and the structures of power around you and people in authority and gatekeepers like radio play and charts and blah, blah, blah. But uh, it, it's such a magic trip to be able to do that in a way that has aged pretty well over the last 20 plus years in which there's not really too much in here that 
we can do the, well, I don't know about this now. It feels like a little outdated and like the sort of kind of uh, snobbish retroactive lens that you can a- apply to a lot of this stuff. Yeah, like there's nothing that would make you bark or really howl at the moon about it. Oh, he looked at me like, oh, sorry, bro. So our producer's getting out of control tonight. I'm, I'm so sorry. And she did speak to it. There's a performance you can find on YouTube from a couple years back, from back in 2017, and she intros the song. Well, I definitely think love has a lot to do with having grace in it. I think grace is just a nice way to say it. Like, it's, it's a really, really good long word for all the things that you need to be forgiven for and then some. Forgetting the past, forgiveness, patience, and kindness, all in one nice little nifty word. You turn your eyes from on the switch. Flawless transition. Incredible. Isn't that nice? It's so hard to play and then, like, freestyle talk about something at the same time, right? Wait, how do you mean? I just feel like I'm always impressed when people can like play the chords of their guitar or piano, even what you do. Like when we do 30 Seconds to Heaven, please subscribe to Patreon. Wait, we're changing it to 30 seconds? Wait, oh God. (laughs) 30 minutes. 30 minutes to heaven. Subscribe on Patreon. So you're Kevin on the keys. But it's just impressive to just like be kind of talking and like having a thought process and like your arms are on autopilot. That's just difficult. That's why worship leaders are the most elite class of human beings on the planet. What's that? That's why I married one. That is why you married one. You Mm -hmm. were like, who is that? I need that talent. He's talking while playing? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I thought that was a nice little little cue up. I've heard a lot of different definitions of grace over the years. Let's talk about it. What that word could mean. I've certainly heard the Haley Atwell definition of it. Oh, Mission Possible. Mission Possible 7, yes. Dead Reckoning Part 1. But yeah, because this, this is, and we, we actually have not talked about it too much in my memory on the show. About grace? Not, not really. A little bit, I think. Yeah. yeah. What but was we, it? God's riches at Christ's expense. Wait, oh, there's an acrostic them? for yeah, it? Yeah, which yeah, yeah. still is like, I don't know, that doesn't mean much. I think that's just like be a lot of different words salvation god's riches at christ's expense mm-hmm. wow i don't know if i'd ever seen that oh really uh-huh that's how I, I remembered it a lot of people said that to me i was like okay god's riches at christ's expense <laughs> so it makes it sound like hey don't worry god's gonna give you a big meal i guess he's stuck with the check <laughs> that's what it that sounds charge like. it to the company um yeah i mean what was like because i feel like it, it could be interchanged with a lot of different concepts of like Forgiveness, reconciliation, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Repentance, sin, um, restitution. Restitution. Anyway, yeah, a lot of those things, um, salvation, sacrifice or whatever, mm-hmm. it's kind of like wrapped up in a lot of things. And I feel like it kind of always meant something different depending on who was talking about it. Yeah. What about you? Well... The the thing and and this is what the songs get into is my 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 basic understanding and definition of it from the time in which I gave a shit to define it was was the idea of like it's a love you can't earn so it's a love that kind of exists out of the realm of reciprocity 
but then like you get Tim Keller brain or the systematic theology shit of like, so it exists and but you should <laughs> yeah. do all this shit because it does. And and, and, and and love defined on its own can can have that definition mm-hmm. of like, you know, uh care that you don't deserve or whatever. Like God's love certainly doesn't need to be qualified like that. Yeah. So I don't know if if maybe I don't even, I don't care about like the theo- the theologically correct version or definition of it. I don't know if people would say it's a genre of love mm-hmm. or it's like the kind of love that isn't compelled of like you're getting something out of this, I'm getting something out of it, but just the idea of of kind of what Nap says in that video where she says it is a catch-all. It's a catch-all for forgiveness, it's a catch-all for things that you get that you don't earn and things that aren't just like Cause effect. It's yeah. almost like effect without cause in some cases. Right. Like like the grace of a parent's love for their kid in the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's not like the kid's just so stellar that they get the love, you know. Right. But it just kind of exists on its own. And most of the way that definition was applied was towards the idea of cause you sucks so bad and you continue to sin (laughs) and everything to the core of your DNA is pretty crooked. Isn't it nice that, that God has grace for you and that none of that matters because you'll never be able to earn it. You'll never be able to pay it back and you can't because you suck so bad. Yeah. Like the definition of grace, like love that is unconditional or something like to me, it always implied that actually you're you're almost actively working against getting that love, and that's mm-hmm. what gr- where grace comes in, you know, because it's like it's it's completely undeserved or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which sucks. And also, I'm like, that sounds. I mean, you could you could stretch the definition of mercy in that way too. Totally, like they always seem very tied to me. Um, but people would get really hung up on like grace in particular and everything. You think in a way that's annoying? I think because it was so elastic in its definition, it was like a good one if people really wanted to expound on God's love or something and yeah. needed like a fresh take on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like love remix, like yeah. love reboot. Love remix is great. Like grace. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there was it was a season or flavor for a time in the way that people talked about these things and it's fallen out of fashion or have we fallen out of fashion with connecting with that idea? We have definitely fallen out of fashion in general. Well, and also like we're so pretty much disconnected from like mainstream evangelical mega church style church language Yeah, that we are no longer the experts. We are the only experts in the past at this point. I can tell you what the mainstream of what the lefties are doing now. Exactly. Of like, it's like, who cares about that? Yeah. And the mainstream is, they're talking about it. It's okay to check it all you want. <laughs> Guys, man. if you were waiting to go into a progressive church. Here we go. I tweeted the meme. You. I tweeted the meme about <laughs> jacking off. Mean? Which one? When my home, when my oh. deconstructed friend <laughs> tells me it's okay to jack off. <laughs> it tested well with your friends. It's balls time. <laughs> it's balls time. And the way that Grace is conceived in this song, a little more, because that is the titular, a little more. A little more what? A little more than I can give, a little more than I deserve. 
unearth this holiness. I can't earn a little more than I can give. Which is like such a lovely idea that hopefully we would all aspire to in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Let me let me bring it back to the earlier conversation of those wedding vows ah. from a friend of mine. And their love story was that he was so into her before she was into him. And part of their their vows were, you loved me first, but I love you more. And I'm going to show you that Aww. for the rest of my life. Is that unbelievable? And that's kind of the idea of the song too. It's like, I, in a way where it's not like predicated on function or compulsion or, or reciprocity or this equals that sweet guy. Like I got to have a lot of grace for my dog right now. And my love for him is not based on how much he's barking or not. Dex. <laughs> a little more than I deserve. Just give me one more, buddy. <laughs> oh, almost done. Just one more. Just one more bark. That's all I need. That's all I need. What a louder podcast this has become. Mm-hmm. With his inclusion in it. Yeah. We have sound effects now. Just one. <laughs> we, sh- we sure do. Just one kind. Um, yeah. I mean, I I think it it can be sweet. And I was also feeling like this song and the lyrics are so drenched in a lot of shame as well. And a lot of like, um, yeah. And I am in a worm kind of song and a little bit like, Oh, just how much I don't deserve it. The how bridge much is I like don't that. Do anything that I, I'm doing all the wrong things mm-hmm. and all of that. And yes, it's like definitely a, a song maybe about picking up the pieces after that, but it's a song that's very aware of your failures as well. And like, I think feels like it needs to keep talking about them in order to feel qualified for the grace it's Mm -hmm. getting, you Mm -hmm. know? And so there is sometimes uh, a reciprocity with grace in Christians' minds. It's, It's not explicit, but it is like, oh, but in order to really feel the grace and let it wash over me, first I must like do a full confession and like really knock it into my skull, like, how much I fucked up, you know? That's fair. Yeah, I see that that streak and that color a lot in the song. And I think anytime you're quoting the Apostle Paul, you're going to get into territory. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, in verse two, what I do, I don't want to do. And so goes the story. And yeah. the whole verse of like, I want to do the thing I don't do and the thing I want to do, blah, blah, blah. With all this motivation, I still find a hesitation deep in my soul. Despite all my demanding, I still find you understanding, even though I suck, you're good. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it reminds me of like, and we've talked about this before, but like, um, you know, a codependent and a gaslighter relationship Mm -hmm. where it's like, yeah, you're so right. I am always fucking up. And like, you are so right. I don't know what to do. And like, I'm so glad you're the perfect one here, you know, Um, which maybe I'm projecting a little bit too much, but just, you know. I get what you mean. I hid my face from the saints and angels, you know, though my weakness shines. Um and it's like, it, it almost, if I were listening to this back then, it would be inconceivable to me for the writer or the, the singer of this song, the person in this song, to say like, and I deserve this grace. Or to say, but I'm allowed to make these mistakes, you know, or like I'm figuring mm-hmm. it out. Or any other qualifier that would like, I don't know, make room for your error being in some way understandable or permissible, you know? Yeah, but I, then I wonder if... If the idea is that I do deserve and earn this, 
is it called a different thing at yeah. that point? Is it just called love? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is it only like the technicality of if you don't deserve it, you know? Right. Which I guess is mercy to a large degree. I guess that, yeah, that like, that colors then every kind of love you get in Christianity, basically, because if your baseline is always, I don't deserve it, Mm -hmm. it's, none of it is really uh, an even exchange, you know? I guess that's the point. But then, see, and we can do it from just the American lens of zooming out of like, do you deserve the life that you have and the privileges afforded tangibly and materially to, so it's like, so even that and not being not having the choice of being born where you were to the family that you were and the mm-hmm. place and time that you were is that grace? Yeah. Or is that just kismet? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I when know. When you when you when you contextualize it globally, I guess. Like and it is just technicalities and stuff that we're talking about now. Yeah. Cuz the core of the idea of what you're saying is like this is a song of a woman being like I've lived a dastardly day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Daniel Powder, you had a bad day? <laughs> Buddy, I had a dastardly day. <laughs> yeah, One and I, like, I think you should be able to cop to doing bad stuff or things that are harmful to yourself and others. Mm-hmm. I don't think you always have to be like, well, I didn't cause harm because I'm good, you know, or whatever. That doesn't happen. Um, I don't, I guess not denial. I guess what I want is like, I wish there were songs about grace and receiving the love that didn't have to start with you at like square negative five, you know, and talking That's a great about point. that, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or that at least like, I don't know, like had, had the main person standing with dignity first when they received the grace and not just like, Oh God, you know, like here I am again. Thanks. Sorry about that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think the the paradoxical concern here is that we want to feel identity in the sense of like, oh, I I have value, and so I deserve love. I de- deserve respect, joy. These things are not. Uh, things I've I've disqual- disqualified myself from. There's an inherent dignity to my humanity that makes me feel in a certain way that these things are are mine to have. But then there are times, and and hopefully it's not every day or consistently, where you do want grace. So how do you express it? Like maybe. Is the is the like healthier way, so you don't get into chest beating worm mode, to talk about it in a way where it just kind of inspires an abundance of gratitude. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's gratitude, and maybe it's like a through that gratitude, like a commitment to keep improving for yourself, for everyone, and to enjoy life, you know, further. Mm-hmm. Because the way. If this was how you receive love in your life is always like, well, shucks, I don't deserve it. Thanks so much. You know, so sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, it feels heavier. That feels like that doesn't actually push you to progress and to abundance and to a life in the light, you know? Yeah. I'm really not standing by anything I said at the beginning of this conversation. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I know. And I, but I <laughs> but no, but for real, just by like really- There are ways you could read this song too as very hopeful and quite lovely too, mm-hmm. you know? 
I just love the poetry of it too. The angst mm-hmm. of it is totally. something that, again, twelve year old me, I was like, oh yeah, unearth uh, oh, this yeah. holiness. It's so it is. It's really beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I adore the sound of it. There's something about oh, so good the texture of her voice and something about the melody that is so like it doesn't feel dour. It feels resilient and sort of mm-hmm. defiant, even though. That is kind of at odds lyrically with what's going on. Yeah. If it was more minor and more just like, like it, it would feel even more debilitating or discouraging, but it's not in the way that I listen to it. Show me grace, show me grace. Um, Beautiful. There was a, I watched the music video for this, which there's not a lot there. We don't need to watch it or anything, but like the, music video is kind of her like walking through grimy places and cities and forests that are very dark. And then these really bright flowers appear and she slowly over the course of the video, like kind of builds a bouquet. And she's in Wonderland. She's in Wonderland. And I think she's a child at some point kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so maybe I should read more into that too. Of Like, I think that that was also kind of how she must have envisioned Grace felt of like, man, things are really hopeless right now. And like, maybe I don't feel so good about myself or whatever, but like this really bright spot of love came through to me. And like, I'm going to just start collecting that until that is more present in my life. And that's what I'm seeing mostly, you know, and that's how God felt to her. That's gorgeous. That's a gorgeous analysis of of the music video that is complimentary to what's in the text. Yeah, I think so. of, Of the song. So it doesn't feel so... You do have to contextualize it with a woman who was probably in the closet at the time. That's as what well. I was thinking too. I was like, God, I would hate if this were about her being attracted to someone, you know, and or like even dating someone or something and having to apologize to God for that. Mm-hmm. How stupid would that be? That said, I do. Yeah, when because now now I'm thinking of my day to day life. Are there times consistently, not when it's like, oops. I did goof and I made a mistake or did something hurtful or harmful. Show me grace. But just in day-to-day, like, basic function of of being alive, are there times where I'm like, uh, show me grace? Because then the rest of it is just like, well, show me dignity and respect and kindness, mm-hmm. of course. But you're right. Maybe grace is, like, almost shame-loaded in a way. Mm-hmm. You need grace for the times you need it, but maybe it's not a default way to live. If if if, if you are thinking of yourself as, as having inha- inherent value and worth yeah. that doesn't need to be defined by Christ's sacrifice, whatever that stupid acrostic was, where it's like, oh, our life is defined by grace because we don't deserve to be alive or whatever. You know? Right, yeah, Like yeah. that sort of thing. Because <laughs> it does get there where it's like— yeah. Hey, you've been pardoned. You you were on yeah, death you row. You should be dead. You should literally be dead. You were that de- on. And and not even like it's not even a leap or like an extreme sort of analogy to draw. It's like the it's it's the wages of sin is death. That's that's what the whole image is. So redefining that so you're not just like on borrowed time, mm-hmm. but you are on time that isn't owed to you. I don't mean to trip out about this too much. Yeah, I guess it's like... Because it's like, tomorrow's not promised, blah, blah, blah. That's true. So then is that grace? You know, I feel like I'm in the dorm room right now. <laughs> is that grace? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about like, you know, if you've like ever hurt a friend's feelings and then you have that conversation with them. Can't, can't relate. 
I can't relate either, but I imagine it would go something like the best response you have to that is not you underlining over and over to that friend of like, I really don't deserve to be your friend. You're yeah. being so nice to even hang out with me anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not what they want. You know, like you do need to define, okay, I hurt your feelings saying this, that was careless or that was malicious or whatever. The best thing you can do then is like, thank you for, you know, sticking with me. And like, I'm going to commit to doing this or I'm going to do better on that. You know, hundred percent. that's like has dignity. And that's actually like a, um, uh, constructive results of receiving grace from that friend, you know, mm-hmm. rather than like staying in shame to prove to the friend that you know they're being nice to you, you Gloria, know? I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's not good for anybody. And then it creates this kind of weird lopsided di- dynamic, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think it's fair to compare all this to friendship dynamics. I think it's fair. Like the the the, the Christ stuff, the God stuff. Yeah. Even because if we're going to fucking run with, it's not religion, it's relationship. It's like, okay, bro, it's a relationship. So yeah. then this and this and this yeah, and this. Yeah, and, and also like you owe me something too. Yeah. And I'm not worthless, you know. I'm bringing something to the table, God. <laughs> I've got that certain joie de vivre. Yeah. Hey, God, I got something to say. <laughs> I got a little something, something. Uh, we have a segment where we listen to covers called Cover Me. <laughs> Do you want to hear my favorite version of that song by Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> it's from the 2013 performance. Oh my God, I didn't want to ask, but I was dying to hear it. I mean, listen, there's a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of nices on this one. Nice. There's, there's way fewer than I thought there would be. That's interesting because this is a popular song. And that's all I'll play of that. Beautiful. And she's getting a nice one for one send up. Can I, before you move on, yeah. I thought when I first started listening to this, I was like, I feel like this is a cover of a third day song. That's the sound I'm getting from it. Oh, that's I why I'm hearing it in Mac's voice first. Did they ever sing it? No, no, they but they, they have a similar tone. They, they, have a, they truly have a like Counting right? Crows chord <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. As was the fashion at the time. Hootie and the Blow Me. I love YouTube videos from pre like 2011, Oof, 2010. times. Yeah. She's getting a nice there is nothing outstanding here. I just wanted to give a few nices out before we go. Anything else to say about the song? Um, yeah, I really like her voice. I really like the sound of it a lot. It's very moving. I thought so too. The way the song moves. There's beautiful. like an understated theatrics to it. Yeah. Like yeah. A24 film. Exactly. All right, we're going to give it a roaster toast. Roaster toast. Toast. We send it to heaven. heaven roast is. Purgatory is the space between. <laughs> what do we think? It's a toast for me. I think it's a toast. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. She's a great songwriter. I'm glad she's still going. Took the time she needed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what a what a trailblazer too. Thank you, Jennifer Knapp, for doing what you did. Let's have her on the show. Yeah. I I have to toast to myself as well. There's nothing else I would say about it, other than. Yeah, you you really did highlight like, oh yeah, she's in a bad spot. <laughs> <laughs> I know it I tricks you though because it, it sounds so hopeful. Little more than I can get. Yeah, you know, we call this the 
Well, no, I won't get into it. The born in the USA effect. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I can't. You just laugh like Fozzie Bear. <laughs> All right, we're dimming the lights in here. We're lighting the candles. We're not here to promote ourselves or our projects. We're here to lift them up to the Lord. Caroline, what you got? Um, promoting myself, my worldly self over on Threads. You know what it is. It's Caroline's farts. I, you're prolific on threads. I, I'm not prolific. I've done four tweets. Well, what was the last one? Was it like colon pal? <laughs> what? I don't know. Just me saying colon pal? Yeah. <laughs> colon pal makes my colon Should out. I do that? Yeah. That's he funny. makes my no, butter. That's going to be your first thread. I hope you yeah. kick it off soon. Um, no, my last one was that the entity is a Swifty. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, um, yeah, you can look me up there. And then I'm going to lift up uh, another another chapter in a perfect movie series, Book Club. Book Club, the next chapter. They go to Italy. It's 80 meets Brady. It's in, it's abroad. It's 80 meets Brady. <laughs> it, it's 80 meets Brady meets pasta. <laughs> uh, they are always meeting uh, very nice, distinguished gentlemen who are very polite to them and always got the hots for them. It's fantastic. Okay, I, I didn't do this. I, I'm so sorry I didn't do this now. But as soon as I saw it on Peacock, I was like, I have to take a picture of my TV with like a bottle of lotion and a box of tissues <laughs> in front of it. I'm ready. Let's go, girls. <laughs> they look great. They look great. I love that John- Jane Fonda, her whole thing is just like she's the horny one now. Oh, yeah. She's like the hot one and the horny one. I'm like, good for you, girl. Well, she's been horny for generations now. At is this that point. so? Well, Barbarella was a little sex symbol back in the yeah. 60s or 70s or whenever it came out. Yeah. Sure. Clute. Who could forget Clute? Clute. I need yeah. to see Monster-in-Law. I want to see if she was putting that out there. <laughs> I'm saying these like genre-defining films and you're like... And I am too. I- <laughs> <laughs> Monster-in-Law. I just feel like the recent like decade, that's been her whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And fire extinguishers. <laughs> Where's my fire extinguisher? Where's my fire extinguisher? To an improv show where she kept saying, where's my fire extinguisher? It was the prompt, It to was be fair. Yeah, but it was a misunderstanding of like, no, you don't have to say that every... <laughs> it's not like the secret phrase. Time. Yeah, it's how you get out of the scene. Uh, Kevin, you, when are we going to see you on Threads? It's not going to happen. When are we going to hear you lift it up? Threads is where I draw the line. You can find what? Me don't draw sky. the line there. Blue sky. I got I to gotta be an influencer on the other ones before I graduate and go to Threads. That's fine. You don't need to line Zuckerberg's pockets for any more of your time. Lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere, Peloton Letterbox, Instagram, OnlyFans, and you can fucking, uh, the thing I'll lift up, you can fucking suck it, blah, blah, blah. I'll lift up a movie I saw, like a 40-year-old movie I saw last night. I was howling at it. A movie oh. called Top Secret. Which is, have you seen Top Secret or heard of it? Like one of those spoof movies? Yes, but it's okay. so... Like the Leslie Nielsen movie. Nelson? Yeah. Nielsen. Nielsen. Uh, starring Val Kilmer as a sort of Elvis Presley type. Agreed. And so it's a war movie starring Val Kilmer. 
And he sings tutti frutti and things I, like I'm sorry that. to correct you, but you mean a, an identical type, right? And a, a Blake Rain type. A Blake Rain identical kind of character. Type. The movie starts with a musical number called Skeetin' in the USA. <laughs> Skeet surfing. It's, it's all these teens go out on their surfboards with huge guns and shoot Skeet. I'm not doing it justice, but it's, it's one of the good ones. It's so a good time. I want you to watch that. Silliness like that, like that, or like to, or, uh, Top Gun, uh, like Young Frankenstein, or Blazing Saddles, and Spaceballs, and Airplane, obviously. That stuff is so broad, it's aged so well. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, this will always be stupid. Do you yes, know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like, it, it never pretended to be anything more. I agree. Kevin looked at his tap Apple Watch and went to a different plane. <laughs> you came back a different guy. I did. What happened? I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you see? I, I'm did so sorry. Did someone die? No, I think the opposite. <laughs> but it was in all caps. Uh, oh, gosh. So everyone's, Emergency. everyone's having a good summer, I think. Uh, you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Yeah. Go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more good Christian fun. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to the entity. I mean, the charity. 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 We donate it to charity. The entity has this to do with an entity a podcast. fundraiser. This isn't the entity using AI to sound like us having a conversation. No, this is me, Kevin. Upload your fingerprints. It's fun. Uh, and there's nothing left to say. We did it. Except for... Did it, gang. Okay. I love, love you, you, Emma. Emma. Amen. Amen. Now I'll watch this. Watch this drive. drive. <laughs> One of our most in sync <laughs> sign offs we've ever done. Yeah. And we'll. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.